0: Tonight's message is going to be found in Exodus 32, and pretty much it's just a read through the chapter, and I'll make a, a few comments that will be helpful. We hope. And uh, this this business of music we have preached on for years, but I learned these various passages and these various truths from the Bible because I needed them for me first. And they were helpful to me, and the Lord really changed our life and, what would you say, directed our ministry so that our music ministry was a biblical music ministry, and it would accomplish what the Lord wanted a lot better. But um, this is a chapter that gets preached often or written in books, and we'll pray in a moment, and... uh, read a verse or two here, but, but uh, probably more than any other chapter in the Bible, and we did give it the name, the first gospel rock concert, and you'll see why when we go through the chapter, and it's a story of the children of Israel after they crossed the Red Sea, and God had delivered them from Egypt and the Egyptians and Pharaoh and his army, all of that, and they got across the Red Sea. But uh, I want us to stand and read verse 29 of Exodus 32. Verse 29 of Exodus 32. And you can read out loud with me if you would. Verse 29. For Moses had said, Consecrate yourselves today to the Lord. Even every man upon his son and upon his brother... That he He may bestow upon you a blessing this day. Now you already know the ending. Here it is. God's purpose in all of this. In anything really in our life. Not just the area of music. Is to produce more blessing in our life. To show his goodness to us. And it's our sin and our waywardness. That destroy some of those things. And... Hinder some of those things. We're going to be back in in verse one, but let's just pray here. Father, bless this message. We read about the children of Israel that they were to consecrate themselves to Thee, and Lord, we know we need to too. Help us to give ourselves to Thee as we should. Help us to see that that is the end result that Thou dost desire that we would give ourselves unreservedly to thee and we would have thy blessings poured out upon us. Help me deliver this message with Holy Spirit power and help us to see these truths in the word of God. May they be life-changing for everyone here who needs to hear what we have tonight. And Lord, it's just one little chapter in this whole Bible, just a few verses of Hundreds of verses about music and joy and praising and feasting in the Bible. So bless now, work in every heart and life. If there's one among us tonight who's never been born again, never known their sins forgiven in thee, may they find thee tonight. Help me honor thee that way, too, to preach the gospel. Bless now in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Be seated then. This was a day of worship for the children of Israel. That that term gets thrown around a lot. And so Israel was worshiping on this day, but it was a very strange thing. And before we read this, I I think if we get nothing else out of it, we need to understand it. It As New Testament born-again Christians we can still not think right. We can still be confused. We can still be in error, and we'll see that the children of Israel were. Everything that we stamp the name of Jesus on is not necessarily acceptable to the Lord. I remember reading in the book of Amos... He said to the people then, and it was his children, Israel, I will not hear the sound of thy vials. He wouldn't even listen to their music. And God himself, the Lord himself, is who we are primarily singing to and for. What an awful state to be in. I I thought of Peter. In Matthew and Mark and Luke, it records it. Three times when Peter and James and John went up with Jesus into the mountain, he was transfigured before them. They'd never seen him in all his glory like that. Peter said, let, let us build three tabernacles, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for thee. And then it says, not knowing what he said. Peter was just babbling. He didn't have any idea what he was talking about when he told the Lord, let's build three tabernacles here. I thought of, uh, I think it was James and John. They were angry at some people and they, they said to the Lord, and that's in Luke chapter 9, near the end of the chapter, they said, let us call down fire from heaven. And I'm paraphrasing it there. They were so angry, and the Lord said to them, Ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. Can a child of God be mixed up, confused about what the will of God is? Oh, yes. And even in in the Old Testament times, we read in Leviticus 10 and Numbers 3 and Numbers 26, it's recorded three times that Nadab and Abihu offered strange fire unto the lord which he commanded them not there's people offering strange fire to the lord often and in the in the area of music but let me just get into the chapter and as i said we'll make the comments as we need to when we read this story of the children of israel so we'll begin and when the people saw that moses delayed to come down out of the mount the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him up make us gods which shall go before us for as for this Moses the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt we want not what is become of him so here we see right away just in the in the first verse these people that planned to do some worshiping this is premeditated sin. They said to Aaron, up make us gods. Well, you know, you can make a god if you want. You can make something a god that's not really a god if you want to. But God, the living God, the true God, is the God who made us. We don't make him. We don't manufacture Our own idea of God. He is who He is. But this is false worship. This is a picture of God's own people for worship coming as close to Satan worship as possible. And we'll see it as we go through. It's strange fire. They didn't know what they were saying. They didn't know what manner of spirit they were of that day. Why, they they knew that the God who delivered them across the Red Sea was a God they couldn't see. Why would they want to make one that they could see? Well, let's go on. Verse 2. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. I don't know what the boys were doing. With earrings in their ears, but they took them out and got rid of them. It's a good thing. And all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool. Don't forget that. After he had made it a molten calf. And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. There's a couple different psalms that come to mind, but it talks about these idol gods that have mouths, but they cannot speak. They have ears, but they cannot hear. They have eyes, but they cannot see. What the children of Israel were planning to do that day was bad enough that they said, we need to manufacture our own God, one that... Doesn't see so much and hear so much and won't talk to anybody. And that's not God. We'll see God talked to Moses pretty quickly. So they built a molten calf. We call that idolatry, don't we? The people were full of deceit. They said, these be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. They knew full well that was not true. Some, some people will, will believe a lie even when they know it's a lie. Verse 5, and when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made proclamation and said, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Somebody mentioned one time, and I'll get ahead of myself, I suppose. I've got it written somewhere else in my notes. But they said, you watch the heathen. Now, these are God's people, but he said, watch the heathen. They all like to paint their faces. They all like to dance. They all are very, very religious. And they can't get enough of drums, 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 rhythm. And as I said, we're a little bit ahead of ourselves, but don't, don't forget that. So here's the children of Israel acting like the heathen, but oh, he's very religious. He said, this is a feast to the Lord. He put God's stamp on it, didn't he? Tried to. Tried to make it look good to himself, to the others. And of course, Moses is gone. Do You know what the old saying is? Well, when the cat's away, the mice will play. Moses was busy going to get the Ten Commandments from God. He was busy trying to really communicate with God, really get something from God, really hear from God, and the rest of them are just putting on a show. Verse 6. And they rose up early on the morrow, They couldn't wait to get into this, you know, and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings, still very, very religious. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. And by the way, I will say only this much as discreetly as I can. History tells us that they ate to the point of gluttony. They drank until they were drunk. And when they rose up to play, it was fornication and adultery. Their day of sporting. It was a terrible day of debauchery. Well, wait, wait, wait. They said tomorrow is a feast of the Lord. You see how far off already they are from the true worship of God. Verse 7. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down. Here's God speaking. He saw it. He heard it. And he talked to somebody. Go get thee down for thy people. God wouldn't even claim them for his own at that moment. He said, they're yours, Moses. For thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. Do you see that? What did God say their worship that day was? It was corrupt. It was rotten. And he explains it further. Verse 8. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. By the way, that's human nature. You, you, you give man just a little bit of time, he'll turn away from anything God commanded. That's the way we are, especially if we're left to ourselves. And they have, they have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it. And have sacrificed thereunto and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. God heard it all, didn't he? He didn't miss a thing. And now he's telling Moses. And the Lord said unto Moses, verse 9, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. That's also human nature, sadly. We're stubborn creatures. I planned, and I'll say more on, it's, uh, on Sunday. I was just going to go on and keep on singing rock and roll after I got saved. I wasn't going to change. Salvation was a free gift. I got it. And I was just going to live like I lived before. That was my plan. <laughs> God is good, isn't he? <laughs> but anyway, more on that Sunday. But we're a stiff-necked people. It's a sad thing. So stubborn. Verse 10. Now therefore let me alone, the Lord said, that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. I'm glad I I wasn't Moses. I said, that sounds like a good deal. Make of me a great nation. All right? That's what these Randalls are trying to do, aren't they, we got two sets of them in Tennessee but, but Moses was truly a man of God and he prayed I'm glad for praying preachers I'm glad for praying Christians he besought the Lord his God and said Lord why doth thy wrath wax hot Against thy people. He said, Lord, they're not my people, they're thine. Which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand. Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, for mischief did he bring them out. To slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth. Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this evil against thy people. He said, what will the heathen think, Lord, if you just destroy all of them? Had to do with God's testimony to the lost. And so Moses is pleading, really, for the glory of God as well, as these wayward Israelites then he goes on in verse 13. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants to whom thou swearest by thine own self and settest unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed and they shall inherit it forever. You realize... God promised Moses he'd build a great nation out of him. And he said, no, you already promised, Lord. And he was claiming promises of God. And saying, Lord, you've got to keep your word. You promised that to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Israel. And the most wonderful thing, we know what the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And it says in verse 14, and the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. Moses prayed and God changed his mind. He would have been just and right in killing them all. But he's just as right. To answer Moses' prayer and let him live. Problems not taken care of, but at least Moses settled some things with the Lord. Verse 15 And Moses turned and went down from the mount, and the two tables of the testimony were in his hand. The tables were written on both their sides, on the one side and on the other were they written. And the tables were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God, graven upon the tables. I'm glad we have the written word of God today. And that's what Moses was looking for, a more sure word of prophecy, something certain from the Lord. The rest of the people were just playing games and having fun. And not godly fun at that. And verse 17 then, And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. We've already seen the idolatry and the deceit, and now we've got music. You say, how do you know it's music? Because I read verse 18 already, but just not to you, huh? To Moses, it just sounded like the noise of war. Spears clashing, men shouting, horses stamping and snorting. Terrible noise. But Moses was a better musician than Joshua. And he said in verse 18, it is not the voice of them that shout for mastery. Neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. Can you imagine a singing that sounds like the noise of war? My wife finds all kinds of things on her iPhone, and she found something thought would be interesting. It was the top 20 finales of musicals. Well, we expected something to be pretty m- melodic and dramatic, because it was the final piece of the musical. It, it was mostly all trash. It sounded like the noise of war. I said, "I can't remember one melody. I can't find one tune. There was only one good singer. Uh, did we, we didn't listen to all 20. Where did we quit?" Oh, we did. My wife listens to the rest after I stop. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, there's nothing in there. There's no music in there. We need to hear some melody. We need to hear some harmony instead of just this cacophony, a, a, a wall of sound, so to speak. And uh, these are supposed to be people that are involved in musical music, <laughs> There's a whole lot of stuff that calls itself music today. You can't even find a tune. But uh, this is a noisy music this day in the camp. This corrupt worship uses such music. But let's go on. Verse 19. And it came to pass as soon as he came nigh unto the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing Well, what kind of music was it? It was music you could dance to. Now, you can't dance to all music in the world. But if I could say anything about the devil, he'd try to turn everything into dance music if he could. Because people will just gyrate and move their body and not have a thought in their spirit or, or a right affection in their heart. Just get carried away with the beat. And so they were dancing around this golden calf. So now we we know we've got dance music along with their idolatry. And Moses' anger waxed hot and he cast the tables out of his hands and broke them beneath the mount. And he took the calf which they had made and burnt it in the fire. And ground it to powder and strawed it upon the water. And made the children of Israel drink of it. I've been told it was a very bitter drink. And I think he was trying to tell them what a bitter thing they were doing. Their disobedience that day to the Lord. Verse 21. And Moses said unto Aaron, What did this people unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? Now watch Aaron in verse 22. And Aaron said, let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. Now when I was growing up, mischief was something like setting a tack on somebody's chair and waiting for them to sit down and I'm smiling. Why am I smiling? (laughs) Mischief was setting a cup of water above a partially open door knowing someone was going to come through it pretty soon. And, and I really believe Aaron is downplaying the, the terrible sin they were involved in that day. He just said, well, you know, they're, they're always involved in mischief. They're just fooling around. He tried to calm Moses down. I'm glad for preachers that get upset about sin. And not enough of that going on today. So Moses said in verse 23, well, Aaron said a little bit more. Let's take a look at him. For they said unto me, make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. Now he's telling the story of, to Moses of what happened. And so far he's telling the truth. And I said unto them, Whosoever hath any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it me. Then I cast it into the fire. And that was all true too. And then he, then he says, And there came out this calf. He Whoa, Moses, miracles. You wouldn't believe it. We were just standing there. Up came a golden calf to help us in our worship. Our feast to the Lord. You know, Moses didn't buy that for a minute. There came out this calf. and He took that graving tool and gave it a little kick over the last sand dune, hoping no one would find it, I'm sure. Verse 25. And when Moses saw that the people, watch this, were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among they're enemies. That was the mixed multitude. That was some of the Egyptians. That's Northeast Africa. We're talking about African dance music, God's people using African dance music. And you know what the predominant religion of Africa is? It's voodoo. Voodoo drums. And it's been that way always. It caused the people to lose their inhibitions. This dance music. And, you know, my, my dad played in a dance band. But those, those people knew what they were doing. When they played that dance music, they knew Christians weren't supposed to be there at the dance hall. And if you said you were a Christian and you were at the dance hall, they'd go, what are you doing here? They were purposely playing music to wear down people's morality so that they could have a night of wickedness. And that rising up to play, part of it was this dance music that worked the people into a lather where they're willing to be immoral when they might not have been otherwise. The friends of this dance music... Are not any good. The whole chapter is full of, of evil things. And it's a worship that God wouldn't accept. They tear their clothes off. I, I, you know, in Wisconsin it stays cold. Sometimes even into a little bit of June. But as soon as the sun comes out in March and the snow is banks are still on the side of the sidewalks. People are out jogging in their shorts and tank tops. We live in a society that doesn't know anything about modesty. And I would submit to you that music, just like back then, causes people not to be modest. They forget all about that. They don't pay any attention to what God says about modest apparel. So the people were naked. And the saddest thing is, you know, when they crossed the Red Sea, there were Egyptians that saw what happened when God worked all those plagues on them. And they said, we are leaving with the Israelites. It says in another verse, and a mixed multitude went up with them. And so here here are the Egyptians looking at Israel. They've made a golden calf. They have lied to one another about it. They have gotten drunk. They've been immoral. They've been gluttonous. Now they are torn their clothes off, and I'm sure those Egyptians were going, why did Israel say they had to get out of Egypt? What's the difference? They're dancing to our music, they're living like we live in Egypt. Oh, yeah, Israel got out of Egypt, but the people never got Egypt out of their hearts. One of the most wonderful things after salvation is giving our life to the Lord that we might escape the lusts that are in the world. That we would live above that. And we need to be careful all of our life. But Israel was not careful that day. I'm sure those Egyptians were scratching their heads and going, what is it with these people? You know, one of the boys in the band, and he's dead and gone now. I gotten saved, and I stayed in that band. And I tried to witness to those boys. They were my life, really, for eight years. We played four or five nights a week. We spent all our time together. We practiced and learned all kinds of of music. And when I said, you know what? I I asked Jesus to be my Savior, and you boys need to do the same, or you can't go to heaven. And one of the men just pointed his finger at me and said, you live just like we do. What's the difference? Well, that was one of the hundred things that God used to, to get me to quit. But I thought, they're not listening. I guess I spoke to them as one that mocked God. And so I'm sure those Egyptians were wondering what was going on with this mess. And Moses had to do something about it. In verse 26. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said. Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. Levi, that was the priestly tribe. If anybody knew anything about God, it would have been the Levitical priests. the Family of Levi. When Moses spoke, they went with Moses and got on his side right away. They said, you know what? From what we know about God and understand about God. What we've seen or, or, or heard. Moses is right. And they immediately said that's the side we're getting on. You know we sing that song too don't we? Who, who is on the Lord's side. Music was one of the issues. Morality was one of the issues. Holy living was an issue. Nakedness was an issue. Dancing music. Dance music was an issue when Moses said who was on the Lord's side. There are people all around us that try to pretend that music is not an issue. Amen. I don't need to say anything except by experience of eight years in a rock and roll band. It affected my life. And it was all negative. There are only few positive things I can remember about the whole eight years. It is an issue. Moses said, let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. Verse 27, And he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side, and go in and out from gate to gate, throughout the camp, and slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and there fell of the people that day about three thousand men. I'll tell you, I'm glad I live in the church age. I'm glad I live in the age of grace. What a way to be separate. God tells us we're supposed to be separated as born-again Christians. But here separation meant they had a strap on a sword and go kill anybody that wouldn't stop the dancing and the music. The immorality and the gluttony and all the rest of it. They, people that had a party attitude and they would not quit. That feast to the Lord that God said was corrupt. And what does it say in verse 28 at the end? There fell of the people that day about 3,000 men. Now, I, I would think when the, the sons of Levi came by with a sword and said, Quit the party, that some of them said, Ooh, they're serious. And they quit. If I had been one of those partiers, I think I would have said, I, well, That's enough. I'll, I'll stop. He's got a sword. But it says there fell that day of the people about 3,000 men. That means there were 3,000 stubborn. You talk about stiff-necked. They were so stubborn they wouldn't quit when they were told to stop. And I'm sure they told them the orders came from Moses who got his orders from God. What a day. And we forget, it's it was a long time ago. We forget, but that was three thousands of three thousand of somebody's brothers and sisters or aunts and uncles or grandparents or grandchildren, family members, fellow Israelites, people who named the name of God. They got so carried away with having their wicked fun. They, they forgot all about God. They never did hear what the writing on the tablets was all about. That would have helped them. We're no different. We, we need the word of God to restrain us or we, we just are liable or, or, or I don't have the right word. We just will tend to go the wrong way. We'll we'll turn aside quickly. Out of the way that God commanded. And 3,000 died. That's a lot of funerals. That's a lot of funerals. But Moses has a happy ending. If we can call it that. And so verse 29. The verse that we began at. To make sure I didn't miss anything, Moses had said, verse 29 consecrate yourselves today to the Lord. Have you been gluttonous? Consecrate yourself today to the Lord. Have you been drunken? The solution is consecrate yourself today to the Lord. Have you been immoral? Consecrate yourself today to the Lord. Have you been a wild partier? Consecrate yourself today to the Lord. I know people that that's all they talk about. One gal, she's a Christian gal, and my age or older, and she got deathly sick and said, I hope I get better real soon. I'm going to go back out with my dancing shoes. She just want to go back out and dance in a tavern. How's that for a, for a goal in life? And this was a lady that taught in an ACE. Christian school at one time. She never got back out of the hospital. Have you been dressing him modestly? living immodestly consecrate yourselves today right now today to the lord that was the solution it's still the solution today for the people of god those that know the lord jesus christ is their savior to dedicate themselves to him to say lord i'm no good Look what I've been. Look how I've lived. Look what I've done. The only answer is to consecrate yourself to the Lord. Lord, use me for thy holy purposes. I've been involved in the earthly. I've been involved in the sensual. I've been involved in the devilish. Help me, Lord, to be involved in heavenly things. So much better than everything else that's down here. There's no comparison. And then he went on and said, every man upon his son and upon his brother, there they were still. Part of, part of their dedication was telling the others, we can't go on with this kind of attitude. We can't go on with this kind of corrupt religion. This kind of corrupt worship. We need to stop. And he said, If you do that, give yourself to the Lord that he may bestow upon you a blessing this day. Now, I was more than just a party here, I had a band of my own. And I don't know how much time we'll have to say about some of these things on Sunday, but the very day. The very day, I told a singer in a band, he, he snapped my guitar in half, trying to pack up stuff. I didn't have any money to buy a new guitar, but anyway, I said, you don't have to pay for it. I said, you don't understand, but God is dealing with me. And I said, let me tell you something about the Lord. Well, we talked. I didn't know how to use the Romans road as we call it today. I just read him every verse I learned from my pastor in a couple years of visiting at least once a month at church. <laughs> and after about an hour, I said, Carl, that was his name. I said, Carl, you don't seem to be uh, fighting against anything I'm reading you from the Bible. And he said, no, no, I'm listening. And I said, well, all I know is that I called on the Lord one day and asked him to be my Savior. And if you'll do the same, he'll save you. So you, you need to pray and call upon the Lord, Carl. And we'd looked at a lot of verses and. And, and he said, well, I don't know what to pray. And I said, well, I, I tell you, you just need to tell God you know you're a sinner, but you believe Jesus died for you and paid for your sins. And you need to trust him today as your Savior. And he bowed his head and he said, oh, God, I'm a sinner. Save me. I said, and, and you need to say and Jesus be my Savior or something. And, and he did. Anyway, we fumbled through the through the whole thing, but the truth of the matter is he trusted the Lord that day and ended up becoming a preacher and went to Red Wing, Minnesota, and I, I'm sure pastored there faithfully for many years, but that was the very day with no money and the guitar broken in half and wondering what to do and this I got in out of one band and into another band and it's too much to tell you the whole story, but the, the difference between the two bands was the one I got into, the the second one didn't make any money. It wasn't any better. It wasn't a good rock and roll band. And and so there I was, and I couldn't afford to drive back and forth down toward Milwaukee from Oshkosh, Wisconsin anymore, and the guitar was broken in half, and, and uh, so I just decided I'd witness to Carl... I gave up that day, and, and I'll tell you more about that. But I, I, uh, I determined to quit. And I said, Carl, I'm not staying in the band. I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to get out of this once and for all, which I did. But all of that, it, and I tried not to tell all the story, but uh, all that just to simply say I watched Carl's address change from hell to heaven, because I was willing to open my mouth and show him a few Bible verses. That's a very blessed event. That God would use my unclean lips to say something clean and pure that would help a sinner have eternal life. And I never got over that. I had given my life to the lord after i fought for two years with the lord about stuff and finally i just said i quit on rock and roll it was my life it wasn't just a pastime and i didn't know what god would have for me but true to, to to this verse he poured me out a spiritual blessing that day just to, to be used to tell another sinner how they could find the savior And he called me up many years later. I'll just say this. I'm going to close here anyway. He called up many years later. He said, I was listening to a radio program. They said, why don't you call up the person that led you to Jesus Christ and tell them you're glad they did. He said, so I'm calling you today. And that's when I found out that he was pastoring the church in Red Wing, Minnesota. And he wasn't a Baptist. He said, but I fellowship with him. That's what he said. So here, what what do we have? I don't know all of you. We read pretty much the whole chapter except for a few verses. There were still some lingering, lingering problems because of the day of debauchery. But there were four groups of people, at least, that we looked at. There were the imposing imposters. They pretended they were worshiping God. 3,000 of them, and they died that day. I hope that's nobody here. That it's just phony with you. But there were those there that day. There were the compromising chameleons, particularly Aaron, Moses' own brother. You know, sometimes you can't even trust family. Are you a compromiser? Am I a compromiser? Aaron was that day. He's the second group. There's a third group. The silent spirituals. The children of Levi said nothing. All the while the party was going on. And they waited until Moses said, Who is on the Lord's side? Then they said, Well, I guess we better get over where we belong. Is that you? Is that me? The silent spirituals, you don't say anything until you finally have to. And then, of course, there's Moses and Joshua. And some other preacher called them the, the fervent faithful. That's really what we ought to be. The solution is still the same. You give yourself over to the Lord. Lord, I've lived my life for me to this point. I don't want to do it anymore. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. That's the cure. Consecration to the Lord. Consecration today. God's blessing. God's blessing today. I haven't said a whole lot. Maybe there's somebody here and you've never even been converted to the Lord. You couldn't, you couldn't be expected to consecrate your life to the Lord. Salvation comes first. And I'll just tell you this and I'm done. I mentioned we need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nobody else that ever died for you or could. But he died and shed his blood for the remission of your sins. Knowing that that soul... Every sinner, every man, woman, boy, or girl needs to trust what the Savior did. He paid the price for my sin and yours, and so says the Scriptures. And I would urge you to put your trust in the Savior if you never have. And as we've already said, saints, if you've not consecrated your life to the Lord, you ought to do so today, tonight, yet. Father, thank you for what we've been able to look at What a terrible thing music can be. What a terrible thing some of these other sins can be. And we're thinking a lot about music this weekend. We pray, Lord, that thou would help us. Help us not be stiff-necked. Help us to be willing to do thy will. Help us to get on thy side in all of the issues. And we're weak, Lord, so help us. But Lord, do bless and work in every heart and life. And may they have the same testimony to say, I consecrated my life to the Lord and he poured out a blessing even today, even right away. We'll thank thee for all that's done from what these scriptures have taught us and reminded us of. Bless the rest of the evening now in Jesus' name. Amen.